You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Isaac Shade of Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Tar Heels. But sorry, Isaac, Tar Heels aren't aren't relevant for us right now. No, they're, <laughs> they're not, and they shouldn't be, quite frankly. <laughs> so, so we're talking Florida Gators <laughs> basketball now. It's, it's year two under Todd Golden. Last year, when I, I think some people just got like the, the first year hype there, and uh, and it never really panned out, and a lot of the transfers didn't work out, but we'll talk about that a little bit later because I did want to really hammer that one home a little bit. Uh, but for Florida, what should the expectations be here in year two for Todd Golden with the Florida Gators? Well, to your point about last year, I think the uh, the expectations should be let's not get Colin Castleton hurt at the end of this season, which there's no worry about doing because he's not on the roster, which is part of the bummer, which leads me to then expectations. Brandon, here's what's interesting <clears throat> as I look at Florida. I can paint two very different pictures for you, one very bleak and one very rosy. Let's go bleak first and get that out of the way, shall we? Uh, It's all just depending on how you frame it up. Here's the bleak picture. The 2023-24 Florida Gators lose nine of their 11 top scores from last year, and with them goes 70% of the scoring. That's a bleak picture, especially in this day and age where in college basketball, freshmen are worth less than ever before, and you want to get old and stay old. Let's flip that. Let me paint a much more rosy picture for you, shall I, about what's going to happen in Gainesville this year. Florida returns two of their three top scorers and starters from last year in Riley Kugel, who we didn't really expect back, and Will Richard, who was a nice, nice revelation last year. It is so massive to retain those dudes because Obviously, you want to bring in guys from the portal, but you need guys who know the culture, inhabit it already, and can help share that with everyone else. And for me, outside of, say, Brandon Miller, Kugel was the second most productive freshman in SEC play last year. And so that's the rosier picture that I want to go with. I'm a glass half full kind of guy in general, but I think that is the more telling of the two stories. Yeah, and I, I think I wanted to talk about Riley Kugel a little bit because you, you mentioned him, and obviously he was like, the fact that he is back in Gainesville is beyond me because I, I don't know how things work. I'm more of a football guy. We know that. I'm not going to pretend that I know all of this with like, oh, where he would have gone in the draft and everything. But I feel like Riley Kugel had a, quite a few games, especially when Colin Castleton got injured, where that's where we really realized like, oh, he's he's just a dude. Uh, we, we'd seen flashes earlier in the season and we saw him kind of work his way there. But when Colin Castleton got injured, it was Riley Kugel who stepped up and Riley Kugel who made some great plays. I'm, I've said it before, Riley Kugel plays actual basketball <laughs> the way that I play 2K. Like he's just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, a little step back, fade away three and I'm going to bang it and then I'm going to walk away. And, and it was like, it was weird to see, but what can we expect from him now? Because now, it's not, oh, he's going to burst onto the scene. Now there are expectations for Riley Google to be great, to be the star of this team, where regardless of how, whether you want to be bleak about it or you want to be optimistic about it, I know my expectations here are just try to make the tournament, at least be close to making the tournament. Like 
And I don't know if I'm being too optimistic or pessimistic there, but like that, that's my expectation here is make the tournament or be on the bubble there. So what is it really with Riley Kugel now where he has to be the guy? Can he be the guy? Yeah, Brandon, this is a great question because when you go from Castleton at the top of everyone's scouting report to now you're that dude game in and game out, there's a whole different weight and a whole different pressure that Kugel's going to have to take on. Now, as you said earlier, he did that last year towards the end of the season once Castleton went down. But man, when that's the expectation from day one and you're taking that leap from being a freshman to a sophomore, it's kind of your team now and you got to do it. Thankfully, though, he does have that running mate in Will Richard, who you talked about uh, Kugel's NBA prospects. Will Richard has some of his own. This is an NBA athlete, a very capable dude in his own right. And uh, with some of what you bring in in the backcourt for help, Walter Clayton is an absolute dude coming in from Iona. Um, and so uh, and and Zion Pullen as well. So this backcourt has all sorts of potential. And so I think what what's good about that for Riley Kugel in particular is that even though there is this weight, he's got some backcourt mates around him that are dudes as well. And I think that is going to take some of that um, that weight off his shoulders, which is ultimately a good thing. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Riley Google, uh, Walter Clayton, Will Richard, you, you, or Will Richard. You got everybody that is coming in. The way that Todd Golden has built this team, we'll, we'll talk first about how he's built the team this year because it's been having your, your high-ranking freshmen when you can get them. It's been going to the transfer portal and taking guys specifically from uh, not not worse programs at all, but smaller programs like like you go into Iona. You had Yale with EJ Jarvis, but unfortunately he is no longer with the program. He has stepped away. But that's been the approach is going to smaller programs, taking players from them and and hoping that they can kind of withstand. Is that a sustainable approach that we've seen from Todd Golden? Cause I know like Todd Golden's thought of as, as the modern analytics, he's going to do all, all that detail oriented right. stuff. However, Florida Gators fans have heard that with football and it hasn't exactly worked out that way. So are, are we just a little scorned here by no, it? Or I'll, I'll say two things. Football and basketball are such different entities in this regard because think about the, the makeup of this team, for example. You get back Kugel and Richard, and then you just need like two or three of these guys to pan out between the portal guys and the freshmen, and you're in good shape. Like basketball, you just you just need seven or eight. That's really what we need for a basketball team to be successful and be able to withstand injuries and stuff like that. So it it does feel like this nebula because the transfer portal is still so new, it probably feels unsustainable to a lot of us, but it's not because there are going to be guys every year that hop in. And with where the SEC and Big 10 are at right now in terms of media rights deals, it just makes every program so much sexier to these young men to be part of. So, and, and this is not Florida, but even like a lower tier SEC team, again, I'm putting Florida in a, in a higher tier, but like like a, a, a Vandy or, a, you know, South Carolina, whatever it is, there are going to be guys that want to come to those schools strictly because they're SEC schools rather than like a mid-tier ACC program, for example, or something like that. So I believe that it is sustainable. And in fact, I think it's a better option than loading up with 
guys that are ranked 50 and lower as freshmen coming out. Let them go to the mid-majors. Let Todd Golden and his uh, crew evaluate those guys and bring them in when they're ready and have a couple years of experience. So while it feels unsustainable, this offseason free agency every year, I believe it's the way forward now. Maybe you get two, three freshmen that are, let's say, top 50 guys that that can blow up or maybe be around a year or two. But then I, I want to fill it more with experience. I mean, you look at, at, at the transfers that have come in. You've got three fifth-year guys on this roster in Tyree Samuel, in Zion Pullen, in Julian Rishwain. And so, and, and in fact, Rishwain's coming over from San Francisco to be reunited with Coach Golden. I think that's a massive win as well. Yeah, uh, I like that you used a key word there. That's the part that worries me a tiny bit, where you said let them evaluate these guys hmm. and last season we saw this a, not the same approach but a very similar approach of let's hit the portal let's bring in some playmakers let's get some help and and, and let's win some games that way and a, a good deal of the transfers didn't exactly work out and we've talked about this on the show before where uh, on a show that you were not here for but, but we talked <laughs> about where we set expectations on a lot of these transfer guys and we were like, oh, like going from mid-major in college basketball is not the same as going from a small program in football to a, a, an SEC program because if you could ball, you could ball. It's as simple as that. It's not just out-athleting guys most of the time. But it felt like quite a few of these transfers didn't pan out for the Gators last year. And that leads me to go, is evaluation going to be an issue or is it more so that last year in – Florida's first year with Todd Golden was it just he had to kind of throw a team together and just mash them all together and we kind of go all right we'll, we'll chalk that one as it was just you trying to get a fieldable team here yep I'm going with the latter on that absolutely it's too small a sample size for me to say Todd Golden and his staff cannot evaluate yet um I I'm really optimistic about this crew there is a world, Brandon, maybe this is very bold of me. There is a world, and I think this would be a good world, actually, in which Walter Clayton is the more productive player on this team than Riley Kugel. I, I see that as a legitimate possibility, and I think that would be better for, like, if, if you've got this backcourt of Walter Clayton, Riley Kugel, and Will Richard, you're doing that, and then allowing Micah Handlogton to come in from Marshall um, and Tyree Samuel coming in from Seton Hall, who's another, you know, again, a fifth year guy. That's a massive front court to go with the really talented backcourt. And, and that's not even Julian Richwain factored into that. And so I, I believe that, yeah, we need to hold judgment on the evaluation capability just yet. If we see it in year two to not, to not be strong again. Yeah. Then maybe we start to have conversations, but I, this batch of transfers to me feels a lot more ready. Um, and when you have more time to evaluate what you need, as you were talking about, just kind of being thrown together, I think that puts you on a lot better playing field. And then as we get into year three, we're going to get a, a much better feel. So for example, year two at San Francisco was Todd Golden's worst at San Francisco. And then year three was when it was like, oh, dang, they're ready and they're coming. Um, but I, I think that year two at Florida is going to be really good we just got to see it happen but again i i feel like they have evaluated and got guys that are gonna put the gators in a good place it is time 
for your game changer of the week brought to you by the Athletic Brewing Company. Florida Gators game changer of the week. Yeah, it has to be Eugene Wilson the third, right? Two touchdowns. I get it. They were early touchdowns. Then he kind of went ghost, and then he made a couple plays late. It has to be Eugene Wilson the third. Those two touchdowns were huge, especially because Arkansas started up 14-0 very quickly. Very quickly. And Trey just made play after play to get the team back into this. And just like Athletic Brewing Company, they've changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Co.'s non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company is fit for all times. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, whether you're looking for a game-changer coordinator or if you're trying to hire an offensive coordinator. Just saying, Billy. Just saying. Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring with simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs as you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I, I feel like we've talked about this before off air where, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're an analytics guy. you fully on board with it. 100%. Yeah. All in. Yep. So how do we kind of view with what Todd Golden does? Where again, he, he's a big analytics guy. I, I learned analytics because i was like okay i you guess did. we have to you went all in we, on it last off i, I, I guess we have to do it um but how do you feel about that approach going from san francisco where it worked his approach worked and he's trying to take that same approach to florida is it different where you go or obviously it's at least a little bit different where you go from san francisco to florida but is that something where you think his approach will work and long term will get this program where it needs to be I would say yes. Here's why. Sports is all about finding competitive edges wherever you can. And so if you're not landing the guys that Kentucky's landing, if you're not la- like Missouri right now, uh, until Cooper Flag committed to Duke earlier this week, Mizzou had the number one ranked recruiting class in the 24 cycle, Brandon. I mean, it re- and so like you might get those guys, but if you can go and like, okay, we at Florida, this is the profile of the player we want. We're thinking money ball here. We're thinking Billy Bean in the A's. It's that kind of thing. They were going after on base percentage. And so if it's like we we know these specific skill sets, stat lines, whatever it is we're going after, and we go get that, that, that gives you that competitive edge in what is going to be a loaded SEC moving forward here. Like, the SEC to me is the second best conference in the nation right now, right behind the Big 12. I mean, it's insane. And so to be consistently competitive long-term like you're talking about, 
what is what is our thing that we're doing at Florida that others aren't? So like an example for me would be this backcourt I've been talking about. Look at the three-point shooting of these four dudes. You ready for this? Walter Clayton shot 43% on 5.2 attempts last year. Riley Kugel, 37% on just shy of three attempts. Will Richard, 39% on four attempts. Zion Pullen, 39% on 2.3 attempts. So all four of these dudes shot 37% or better from three, and all four of them took two or more threes a game. That is phenomenal, and that can be a way you just annihilate opponents from the outside. And what does that do? It creates more space for Micah Handlock than inside, where he shoots 66% from the field last year. And so it's those kind of things, Brandon, that leave me encouraged about what analytics can do. Yeah, um, I, I think we both know we're both on board. It's just obviously you are way better at it than I am. But we, we talked what the expectation should be for Florida, but now... I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here and I'm going to ask you to predict what their season looks like at the end. Like, like at the end of the year, we're just like, okay, this was a, a great season. They they did what they expected to do, or is it just going to be a, it hit the fan? Um, I would go more the former of those two things. I was looking back at the, the non-conference schedule. Isn't that challenging? Um, there there's Virginia a week, uh, like next Friday, the, fr the first week of the season in Charlotte. So that's a little bit of a tough ask, but the only other game that I looked at that I saw, like, I, that's going to be a tough one for Florida is the, the second game of the NIT season tip off. Uh, it's either going to be Baylor or Oregon state. If it's Oregon state, it's like, whatever. But if it's Baylor, man, that's a that's a that's the game you want right there, honestly, because that's going to help with uh, rankings and resume and all that. But outside of that, Florida State is kind of eh. Uh, Pitt is the first game of the NIT tip off. That could, that could be interesting. Blake Henson's a great scorer at Pitt, but uh, ACC SEC Challenge is at Wake Forest. It's the inaugural year of the ACC SEC Challenge. They brought in a great guard in Hunter Salas from Gonzaga. But then Michigan, Jumpman Invitational, Michigan's way down this year. So um, I I think, you know, at most I would say Florida loses two, three games in the non-con. But then you look at, again, this loaded SEC, like seven, eight conference losses is actually good, right? <laughs> like that that's not, that's not bad. And so I don't want fans to get um, out of sorts on that. Um, I, I think would be good. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. But, you know, as, as I look at those expectations, I would I've most places I look, Florida's right in the middle of the pack in terms of preseason polls in the SEC. I have them like sixth right now. I think um, Tennessee and Texas A&M are my tier one right now. Wade Taylor, Texas A&M's guard is an absolute dude. Tennessee. <sighs> This might be Rick Barnes' best team in Knoxville. They've never made the Final Four. They could this year. Um, you got Arkansas. You got Alabama um, that I think are in that next tier right, right below that. Um, and then Kentucky. Obviously crazy talented, but they're so young. But I would put those five teams above Florida. And then I got Florida just right there, kind of mixed in with Auburn. I think they'll kind of fight for that. And they got a bunch of question marks beneath that. Mississippi State was going to be really good. Tolu Smith is out for a while. What's going to happen with Chris Beard now that's at Ole Miss? And so there's a lot of question marks below that. But I got Florida six in the preseason SEC poll. Yeah, and I I think that's fair. I will say Georgia dead last. Mike White just saying <laughs> I don't I don't care about any logic. I'm just saying Mike White. I'm putting you dead last. I don't. Yeah, care about it's it's logic. yeah, and and that's glorious for Gators fans. But yeah, it's Georgia and South Carolina battling for the basement of the SEC. 
And uh, you mentioned the NIT season tip-off. Hopefully, going to be there. Barclays Center, Baylor versus Oregon State at 7. Florida, Pitt State. Uh, Florida, Pitt, 930. Not Pitt State. Sorry, gorillas. What's funny but, is Pitt State is a D2 school, like 30 minutes from where I live here in Missouri. <laughs> one to gorilla, always a gorilla. I'm just saying. I, a big program there for uh, for me, at least. I, I know a couple guys there. But thank you nice. so much, Isaac. This is Isaac Shade with Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Tar Heels. Catch them every single day. They're freaks with college basketball. I'm just letting you know, like they're they're ridiculous. Also, Psycho T on on uh, Locked On Tar Heels, which is awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't know much about college basketball, but I know I freaking love Psycho T. Uh, <laughs> so I will say that. But thank you so much, Isaac. My pleasure. Good luck to the Gators this season. Can't wait to watch it unfold.